Reading, short and deep. Hi, I'm Jesse. And I'm Eric. And today we're reading short and deep. Was it a dream? By Guy de Montpassant. This was first published in French as La Morte in Gilbla. I'm probably saying that wrong. May 31st, 1887. And I read it years ago. It stuck with me. Um, I was hoping you would read it for us, Eric. But um, would you prefer to do it in English or French? (laughs) (laughs) That's an excellent question. Um, Given that I am not really fluent in French, I would rather read it in English. (laughs) Okay. But to tell you the truth, um, we really ought to think of this. Well, I don't know. In some ways, we ought to think of this as... And as the story we're about to hear, not necessarily as the story that first appeared in Gilles Blas. Right. Um, because uh, as I checked the original, there are some significant differences in the translation. Mm-hmm. Um, but not, not to it, mention the title. Indeed, the title itself. Um, so let's get back to that after we've we've heard it. And let's just think of it as an English story for a moment. All right. Sure. Okay. Was it a dream by Guy de Maupassant? I had loved her madly. Why does one love? Why does one love? How queer it is to see only one being in the world, to have only one thought in one's mind, only one desire in the heart, and only one name on the lips, a name which comes up continually, rising like the water in a spring from the depths of the soul to the lips, a name which one repeats over and over and over again, which one whispers ceaselessly everywhere like a prayer, I am going to tell you our story, for love only has one, which is always the same. I met her and loved her, that is all. And for a whole year I have lived on her tenderness, on her caresses, in her arms, in her dresses, on her words so completely wrapped up, bound, and absorbed in everything which came from her that I no longer cared whether it was day or night or whether I was dead or alive on this old earth of ours. And then she died. How? I do not know. I no longer know anything. But one evening she came home wet, for it was raining heavily. And the next day she coughed. And she coughed for about a week and took to her bed. What happened? I do not remember now. But doctors came, wrote, and went away. Medicines were brought, and some women made her drink them. Her hands were hot. Her forehead was burning, and her eyes burned bright and sad. When I spoke to her, she answered me, but I do not remember what she said. I have forgotten everything, everything, everything. She died, and I very well remember her slight, feeble sigh. The nurse said, ah, and I understood. I understood. I knew nothing more, nothing. I saw a priest who said, your mistress, and it seemed to me as if he were insulting her. As she was dead, nobody had the right to say that any longer, and I turned him out. Another came who was very kind and tender, and I shed tears when he spoke to me about her. They consulted me about the funeral, but I do not remember anything that they said, though I recollected the coffin and the sound of the hammer when they nailed her down in it. Oh, God, God. She was buried, buried. She, 
in that hole. Some people came, female friends. I made my escape and ran away. I ran and then walked through the streets, went home, and the next day started on a journey. Yesterday, I returned to Paris, and when I saw my room again, our room, our bed, our furniture, everything that remains of the life of a human being after death, I was seized by such a violent attack of fresh grief that I felt like opening the window and throwing myself out into the street. I could not remain any longer among those things. Between these walls, which had enclosed and sheltered her, which retained a thousand atoms of her, of her skin and of her breath, in their imperceptible crevices, I took up my hat to make my escape. And just as I reached the door, I passed the large glass in the hall, which she had put there so that she might look at herself every day from head to foot as she went out to see if her toilette looked well and was correct and pretty from her little boots to her bonnet. I stopped short in front of that looking glass in which she had so often been reflected, so often, so often, that it must have retained her reflection. I was standing there, trembling with my eyes, fixed on the glass, on that flat, profound, empty glass, which had contained her entirely and had possessed her as much as I, as my passionate looks had. I felt as if I loved that glass. I touched it. It was cold. Oh, the recollection, sorrowful mirror, burning mirror, horrible mirror to make men suffer such torments. Happy is the man whose heart forgets everything that it has contained, everything that has passed before it, everything that has looked at itself in it or has been reflected in its affection, in its love. How I suffer. I went out without knowing it, without wishing it, and toward the cemetery. I found her simple grave, a white marble cross with these words. She loved, was loved, and died. She is there, below, decayed. How horrible. I sobbed with my forehead on the ground, and I stopped there for a long time, a long time. Then I saw that it was getting dark, and a strange, mad wish, the wish of a despairing lover, seized me. I wished to pass the night, the last night, in weeping on her grave. But I should be seen and driven out. How was I to manage? I was cunning and got up and began to roam about in that city of the dead. I walked and walked. How small this city is in comparison with the other, the city in which we live. And yet, how much more numerous the dead are than the living. We want high houses, wide streets, and much room for the four generations who see the daylight at the same time, drink water from the spring and wine from the vines, and eat bread from the plains. And for all the generations of the dead, for all that ladder of humanity that has descended down to us, there is scarcely anything, scarcely anything the earth takes them back and oblivion effaces them. Adieu. At the end of the cemetery I stood, I suddenly perceived that I was at its oldest part, where those who had been dead a long time are mingling with the soil, where the crosses themselves are decayed, where possibly newcomers will be put tomorrow. It is, a, it is full of untended roses, of strong and dark cypress trees, a sad and beautiful garden furnished on human flesh. I was alone.
perfectly alone. So I crouched in a green tree and hid myself there completely amid the thick and somber branches. I waited, clinging to the stem like a shipwrecked man does to a plank. When it was quite dark, I left my refuge and began to walk softly, slowly, inaudibly through that ground full of dead people. I wandered about for a long time, but could not find her tomb again. I went on with extended arms, knocking against the tombs with my hands, my feet, my knees, my chest, even with my head, without being able to find her. I groped about like a blind man, finding his way. I felt the stones, the crosses, the iron railings, the metal wreaths, and the wreaths of faded flowers. I read the names with my fingers by passing them over the letters. What a night! What a night! I could not find her again. There was no moon. What a night. I was frightened, horribly frightened in these narrow paths between two rows of graves. Graves, 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 nothing but graves on my right, on my left, in front of me, around me, everywhere. There were graves. I sat down on one of them for I could not walk any longer. My knees were so weak. I could hear my heartbeat. And I heard something else as well. What? A confused, nameless noise. Was the noise in my head, in the impenetrable night, or beneath the mysterious earth, the earth sown with human corpses? I looked all around me, but I cannot say how long I remained there. I was paralyzed with terror, cold with fright, ready to shout out, ready to die. Suddenly, it seemed to me that the slab of marble on which I was sitting was moving, Certainly it was moving as if it had been raised with a bound. I sprang onto the neighboring tomb and I saw, yes, I distinctly saw the stone which I had just quitted rise upright. Then the dead person appeared, a naked skeleton, pushing the stone back with its bent back. I saw it quite clearly, although the night was so dark. On the cross, I could read. Here lies Jacques Oliphant who died at the age of 51. He loved his family, was kind and honorable, and died in the grace of the Lord. The dead man also read what was inscribed on his tombstone. Then he picked up a stone off the path, a little pointed stone, and began to scrape the letters carefully. He slowly effaced them, and with the hollows of his eyes, he looked at the places where they had been engraved. Then, with the tip of the bone that had been his forefinger, he wrote in luminous letters, like those lines which boys trace on walls with the tip of a lucifer match. Here reposes Jacques Olivant, who died at the age of 51. He hastened his father's death by his unkindness as he wished to inherit his fortune. He tortured his wife, tormented his children, deceived his neighbors, robbed everyone he could, and died wretched. When he had finished writing, the dead man stood motionless, looking at his work. On turning round, I saw that all the graves were open, that all the dead bodies had emerged from them, and that all had effaced the lies inscribed on the gravestones by their relations, substituting the truth instead. And I saw that all had been the tormentors of their neighbors, malicious, dishonest, hypocrites, liars, rogues, calumniators, envious, 
that they had stolen, deceived, performed every disgraceful, every abominable action. These good fathers, these faithful wives, these devoted sons, these chaste daughters, these honest tradesmen, these men and women who were called irreproachable, they were all writing at the same time on the threshold of their eternal abode, the truth, the terrible and the holy truth of which everybody was ignorant or pretended to be ignorant while they were alive. I thought that she also must have written something on her tombstone and now running without any fear, among the half-open coffins, among the corpses and skeletons, I went toward her, sure that I should find her immediately. I recognized her at once, and without seeing her face, which was covered by the winding sheet, and on the marble cross, where shortly before I had read, she loved, was loved, and died, I now saw, having gone out in the rain one day in order to deceive her lover, she caught cold and died. It appears that they found me at daybreak, lying on the grave, unconscious. Thank you very much. My pleasure. It's a very musically written story. Indeed. So much repetition, <laughs> so much, so many, so much assonance and alliteration. Oh yeah, so much repetition. I mean, every page has multiple, multiple instances. Uh, many, many, many sentences have multiple, multiple instances of repetition. Everything, 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 all right in a row, over and over and over, all right in a row. Grave, 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 grave. Right? Um, it's almost like a magic spell that he's casting. Uh, I don't know if by he I mean the narrator or. Montpassant. Um, and then it's got that that twist, which is f amazing. And then we've got that ending. But I, I'm coming back to the title now. I keep thinking about why the title is different in English versus in French. La mort would be the death, but feminine, right? Um, no, actually. No? No. It is the dead. Ah, right. And and she's dead. Is he she dead is at dead. the end of the story? Well, that's an interesting question, but uh, which to, which I think deserves discussion. But I do think, in just in terms of the translation issue, it's not the death. It is, in fact, the dead. It means right, it, right, right. it refers to everybody. And there are some other crucial translation problems. For example. Um, it says in our version, I am going to tell you our story. Mm -hmm. But it says in the original French, Je ne conterai point notre histoire. I am definitely not going to tell you our story. Right? Ne point is like an emphatic ne pas. Right? Mm -hmm. it's, it's negative, but really negative. Right? Um, so I'm definitely not going to tell you our story. It continues in the French, in the English and in the French, for love only has one, which is always the same. That is, love has only one story. So when he says, I'm going to tell you our story, for love has only one, which is always the same, it means the story he's telling you is the story everybody knows because it's mm. the story of love. But in fact, as if we think back about the story that we've just heard, 
That's not a story everybody has. In, quite, in fact, quite different. And so what Maupassant is having this first person narrator do at the very beginning is telling you, I will not tell you our story for love has only one. And therefore, the story I'm telling you isn't a story of love. In fact, I would argue that it's a story of madness or delusion or a recognition of a previous delusion. I mean, this guy with all of his repetitions, he is fixated mm -hmm. and is trying to come to grips with a recognition that this woman he wanted to think of as his ideal isn't at all. And there are other there are other places where there are key mistranslations. For example, um, in the English, it says, I knew nothing more, nothing, another, another uh, repetition, but also it's a repetition of him not knowing, right? He's, he's been keeping things out of his mind. Mm -hmm. I saw a priest who said, your mistress, but in fact, in the French, there is no question. The priest said, your mistress. Mm -hmm. You see? And so when it said, and it seemed to me as if he were insulting her, what we get in the French is a recognition that all along this narrator has understood that he was making a lover of a whore. That yeah, uh, she is a prostitute, right? Yes, she's a whore. She's a whore. And, and that's why she's looking at her, you know, her full length mirror from her pretty feet to her little bonnet. And that's and, why it's th both her bed and our bed. Yes. Yes. And that's why the, the friends, he doesn't know their names uh, when they show up. It says, um, but they're all female. Some people came female friends. And then earlier, um, when she's getting, uh, she's still alive. Um, the nurse comes, the priest comes, and some women make her drink uh, the medicine. Right, so he doesn't know their names. He doesn't care about their names. It is a very interesting story. Some people, I think, think that this story is about him being a cheater, cheating on his own wife, and I think that's plausible, although we don't see the mention of a wife in here. But the fact that she is going out in the street to prostitute herself and then dies from that is, I think, not obvious to most people. And yet I, I'm pretty sure that's what's going on. Can you c confirm it a little more? I agree completely. Um, there is no family mentioned. When he decides to go on a journey, there, there's no arrangements made for his leave taking. And when he returns, um, he returns to an empty abode. Mm -hmm. Whether or not this was an apartment that he kept for her, but he also had a family. We don't know. Mm -hmm. but as far as we can tell, um, he has maintained a, a residence where he kept her. And he may, in fact, have been there himself as well all the time. But when she dies, he's out of there, um, in part, apparently, because he is unable to continue to maintain the sense that he has had a genuine mistress in the sen in the sort of positive way in which uh, in some cultures and, and France in the 19th century in the middle class, uh, it might be that one has a wife and family and one also has a mistress, you know, like Madame de Pompadour. I mean, mm -hmm. there could be 
you know, this favored other person whom you really love and so on. And he wants to play at that. Well, I, I myself have actually never uh, frequented prostitutes. And I, to the best of my knowledge, except for um, rejecting an inquiry about whether or not I wanted a date, um, I've never actually spoken with a prostitute. But of course, I have no way of knowing that. Um, but my understanding is that at least some prostitutes uh, as a matter of their profession, try to figure out what one what a customer wants mm. in a relationship and make that available. And it seems to me that this is a spectacularly uh, subtle mm. but less accurate story of what happens after this guy has had a year of living with, you know, coming home each night to a prostitute who is acting the part of being his loving mistress. Mm -hmm. So when he goes off to work, she does, <laughs> you know, um, and he just decides she's going to meet friends and he's, and then at the end of a year, he can't maintain that fiction anymore. It, she's not there to make it possible. It's also uh, striking. Like he, he, he's involved in the funeral in the sense that he, he heard the nails going into the coffin, but he doesn't arrange for the epigraph or whatever it's called. That's put on the grave and inscription, and the inscription. And it, it is, I think very, uh, he's right in some way that people don't tend to put their worst aspects of people's lives on their gravestones. But what they did put was quite nice, which is she loved, was loved, and died. Um, that is, we didn't know her that well, but she was genuinely loving. Um, people genuinely loved her, and then she died. Um, and then when he r reads what she, he thinks she has written, um, it's it's so selfish <laughs> from his perspective, it it's actually kind of uh it turns this this almost romantic story into the opposite this is a not just a crazy man but also a selfishly crazy man he knows nothing about her really he says having gone out in the rain one day in order to deceive her lover she caught cold and died if if that if 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 this was if this wasn't a dream and that she actually her corpse wrote that that is not the way I don't think any woman would sum up her life, right? That this one thing that she did, the, that one time was the only bad thing she ever did. I don't think so. That's his his perspective. So to me, the answer was it a dream? Is yes, <laughs> but not not if uh, not if he's dead at the end of the story, in which case um, I don't know what it was. But I f I find it very interesting it's almost like he's he's induced in madness at the beginning of the story and he's come out of a fever at the end of the story or i guess near the end of the story where he starts seeing all these graves um opening up and people writing the worst possible things instead of the best possible things on their oh, uh, stones. yes uh um, Right. He's he, he's not just flipped his lid. He's also like he's flipped his his understanding because he's so passionate about their love. He says the the details don't matter, like her hair color or whether she liked going to, you know, the opera or anything like that. None of that matters. I loved her. She loved me. But more importantly, I loved her. 
and, and I guess I'm 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 reading it slightly differently. Although I think we agree that 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 she was a, a prostitute and he kept her for a year until she died. Um, but that she also kept working anyway. Uh, with he wasn't her only client. She mm-hmm. was he was just her her, her nighttime client. Um, but I I view this. Um, as in fact not a dream, but a delusion. Mm-hmm. That that, for example, it it says. Um, um, then I saw that it was getting dark, and a strange, mad wish, the wish of a despairing lover, seized me. Right? So see, he wants to be a lover. Mm-hmm. He wanted to be a lover, but th- all he could do is you know act the part of a lover by hiring someone who acted the part of being his mistress. Um, I was, I wished to pass the night, the last night Mm. in weeping on her grave. Okay. Now the question is, what is the last night? Right. If he is planning to die, if he's speaking, you know, I wanted to die. I wanted to pass my last night on her grave because I felt so horrid, you know. And yet, remember, he went away for a year. Mm-hmm. Now he's come back. Now, did he really feel that hard? I wanted to spend the last night. Okay. Now, at the end of the story, he wakes up. Right. He says they they apparently found me unconscious. In French, last night, you know, I, where were you the, the last night? Um, that I saw you last last night is hier soir. Hier is yesterday, and hier soir is yesterday evening. And sometimes one can say hier nuit, but the norm is to say hier soir, meaning last night. Um, last night I went to the store. But the last night, right? The last night of his life is dernière nuit. And in fact, in French, the story says dernière nuit. Okay, so. He wanted to pass the last night, meaning he wanted to die, but he doesn't really, you mm, see. Mm. He says he does, but he doesn't. He's been maintaining this psychological uh, fiction about her, mm. and that extends to him maintaining a psychological fiction about his desperation as her lover, mm-hmm. even mm. though he knows in some way that he isn't her lover, that he's in fact been providing her, you know, living quarters, if not money as well. So that at the end, when it says, it appears they found me at daybreak, what do you mean it appears? You know whether or not they found you at daybreak, lying on the grave unconscious. I think unconscious is sort of a symbolic metaphor for what he was after. Mm. He says he wanted to die, but he didn't really want to die, right? Any more than he actually married this woman after a year of living together, right? He, he knew what he really, really wanted, but he wanted to live in a fiction instead. And so, yeah, I really, really want to die, but I'm just going to black out for a while. Yes, yeah, it's inanimate in, re- in, the, in the final sentence in the French, um, which could be just not un- unmoving. I, I note that there's three times where he calls out his suicidal intention. The first time, that repetition that shows up just line by line also shows up story page by page. First time, he says, I felt like opening the window and throwing myself out into the street. Um, 
that I, I could see about throwing himself out into the street if that was the house of, of many prostitutes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, a little farther down that page, he says, yeah, I wish to pass the night, the last night, as you pointed out. And then uh, a couple pages on, it says, I looked all around me, but I cannot say how long I remained there. I was paralyzed with terror, cold with fright, ready to shout out, ready to die. And he's he's lying on the tomb of his lover when when they found him. Right. But he's really not, you see. In fact, he says that he is. Mm. He says that he is. But again, going to the original, um, the, the, the original is broken up by little stars, stars yeah. right? But uh, so and the last section is just one sentence, mm-hmm. right? The one that you just read. And they found me on the tomb, right? Mm-hmm. Isn't that, let me uh, re- read again that last sentence in English. Uh, got it here. It says, it appears they found me at daybreak lying on the grave unconscious. Right. And here in the French, it says, il paraît qu'on me ramassa. That is, it It seems, mm-hmm. um, or seemed, it's, an, it's a progressive uh, past. Uh, it seemed that someone collected me in anime, l- lifeless, mm. au jour levant. At the rising of the day, auprès d'une tombe, in the neighborhood of a tomb. Mm. It doesn't say that he's on her tomb. I think in the French, it's clearer that this guy is constructing a fiction Mm -hmm. about what he was. And the story, I think, really is about how the dead are used by us to create a sense of what the world is. But if we listened to the dead, we would recognize that it is we who are making the fiction of life. Yes. It's a very subtle story. Very subtle. Well, that's why after one reads it, one can reread it because there's always more to say. And remember... You can always freely access the materials discussed on these podcasts by going to sffaudio.com and clicking on the link for reading short and deep.